Hello there, this is Burke Shelley from Budgie, and you're listening to Andy Fox. Born in Cardiff in 1950, John Burke Shelley formed the band Budgie in 1968, along with guitarist Tony Borge and drummer Dre Phillips. As a seminal influence to many riff-based bands of the 70s, Budgie released seven albums from 1971 to 1978. But after being dropped by their record company, they regrouped with new guitarist John J.T. Thomas with albums Power Supply and Night Flight. They continued to have success throughout the 80s, headlining Reading Festival and gaining a cult following in Sweden, Poland and Texas. After a final studio album in 2007, Shelley was hospitalised with an aortic aneurysm in 2010 and sadly guitarist JT passed away in 2016. Burke's failing health prevented him from any serious playing and then he began to suffer from Stickler Syndrome and died in his sleep on the 10th of January, 2022, aged 71. 
leaving a great music legacy. I was fortunate to interview him a few times, notably in 2001 and 2007, hence a little repetition in the conversation. Tonight's tribute features Burke Shelley in conversation with me. The last 10 years have been, a, you know, like a slowdown in, in lots of respects, you know. Mm. Um, we haven't, you know, we've all had personal lives, you know, after about 30 years on the road or whatever, 25 years, you know. Things eased off a little, like, mm. you know, but um, everybody's still playing, though. Right. You know? I mean, we're all playing. That's uh, we are all. I was playing with a, a, a group of friends of mine, mm. another band, but for a while at the uh, beginning, last part of the 80s and early 90s, mm-hmm. as well as doing budgie gigs. But, um... I think it was basically from about 91 to 95, about four or five years, somewhere around about there, where everybody went off and did other things, you know. Um, and then we started again in 95, in, you know, doing gigs in the States, you know. What was the what was the main thing that kind of made you decide to do it again? There was no main thing, you know. It's just uh, any, any more than... There wasn't a main thing why we, did, why we stopped. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, seriously, you know, uh, yeah. you know, because we're we've all been friends. It's sort of like uh, you know, you don't see friends for a while, mm. and then you see them, and you know, it's just. But you know, it's with some bands they fall out or whatever. You know, guys. We haven't fall. fallen out. No, 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 no. no good. No. I do love them. Good. So, so who's with you then <laughs> in the band? Who's the current? I mean, it is drummer the... is Steve Williams, and the guitarist is uh, John Thomas. Right. Um, Who was with you in the last incarnation? John, uh, John joined in 1979, uh-huh. and Steve joined in 1975. So I mean, they've been there for years. Like, mm. you know. Now we understand that uh, you played some shows in America fairly recently. Is that correct? Uh, last year we, we were over there. Yeah. Mm. Um, people in Texas seem to like Budgie. Really? Mm. Do you know why? Um, I think it's prob- probably mainly due to a particular radio station in Texas that sort of kept playing our stuff over and over again. Even though stars changed, this, this, this particular radio station just carried on playing what they wanted, but they happened to be in the budget. And right. um, so, we, you know, we just got a lot of airplay around there. Do you sell uh, records over there as well? Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, that's the th- we, 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 we've been lucky, really, uh, because uh, although we haven't played, we, ha- we had other people playing our stuff, you know, because Metallica covering... Bread fan, mm. you know, which you, mm. you say you played on Monday, was mm. it? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was great. Because mm. <laughs> uh, 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 they, they were doing the, the news, they went into thrash, weren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. You know, that, that came through, in, you know, and changed a bit. And uh, Soundgarden, you know, and Iron Maiden, all these bands covering Budgie. That's what did it. So we, yeah. instead of just dying out, in a sense, we moved into a sort of a cult area, like it was kind of cool. <laughs> do, do you think um, because of the ba- those bands that the interest in, in Budgie was rejuvenated then is that what we're saying well it's not rejuvenated it just carried on but we mm. you know as if it hadn't stopped like you know so nobody people were wondering where we were playing but, you know as, as if we were playing <laughs> we weren't though mm. um, and they kept the interest going yeah you know they, um, I mean Metallica they were huge aren't they still are mm. really, you know, oh yeah much way. but I don't think Limp Bizkit are going to likely to cover anything no probably not no um, and make a few riffs though yeah, probably. Sample a few riffs. Probably. You're welcome to Limps. <laughs> in Europe, there's this sort of whole scene going on. Right. It's like secret. It's amazing because we, <laughs> you know we, I mean? we, in the UK, I suppose, we don't really have a perception of it. I mean, obviously, when well, you go. I, I was, I had no idea, to be mm. honest with you. I mean, we, luck, that's, uh, this is the reason I said we're lucky because of the metallic thing. Yeah, yeah. There are young kids who know about us, you know, which is kind of unusual. Mm. Um, there's loads of young kids came along as well, you mm. know. Um, 
and they knew the songs. Like, you speak to them, you think, how did you find out? You know, it's really? usually that via an older brother or yeah, or f- uh, the father <laughs> was into <laughs> us. <laughs> and why not? And their granny. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Talking about the uh, the early early days, as uh, I'd like to you know go back to those because a lot of people obviously, as I as I explained to you before we started, well, road money <laughs> that they um, <laughs> you know they remember that the, the you know early incarnations of Budgie you know very fondly or certainly some of our listeners do. Um, there was there seemed to be a, a bit of a determination and longevity about the band that seems to have stood you in good stead because you worked very hard in the early days, went around all the clubs. Mm. Did, would you agree with that? And and mm. in these days when the business is so kind of fickle and it works on fads, fickle and working on fads. Do you think so? The That's alliteration. Yeah, it is. I'm, uh, the thing is, the, the way things have changed now, it's gone sort of. Um, gone back to the way it was before the 60s where you see it seems to be sort of a uh, the record labels uh, the record companies I mean have their roster of artists that have been trained up somewhere like you know they're sort of you know like greyhounds <laughs> and they're bringing them on uh, yeah well I mean uh, I know that lots of young bands don't see a live gig until they're famous mm. <laughs> you know that sort of thing and when they do it's usually miming or, or you know I don't know. That's the way it is now. That's the way it is now. It, you know, mm. um, we we did play a lot. I mean, we worked our, our little butts off. Like you know, we just worked. Or we started working our way out of Wales. You did, yeah. And uh, we just managed to sort of get. We were lucky because we were we did we we had two albums out. And we still could not get with uh, an agent agency. You know, that could put us elsewhere. Like you know, it was only because Kid Jensen on Luxembourg loved the first album. He went nuts on it. He played it all the time. Mm. And uh, that's what got us off the ground. Mm. He picked up on it. A DJ picked up on it. 
a DJ broke us. Mm. Uh, MCA couldn't believe the sales were shooting up like, you know, and uh, that's on the first album. The second album, you know, they kept going up and up. It was all due to Kid Jensen. Mm. Otherwise, I mean, that's how, and then we could get an agency and mm. then we could play around Britain, you know, and possibly in France or <laughs> Spain or somewhere exotic, you know. Mm. I mean, I mean, now people just go anywhere, you know. But, <clears throat> you know, it was a case of just, just, I mean, we liked playing anyway, but we just played everywhere. Mm. If there was a gap in the date sheet, we'd fill it. Mm. To be playing, the idea was that if you, if you were playing continually, that you were actually working. Well, no, I mean, you're actually able to play mm. well. Yeah, yeah. Simply. Whereas, like you said, it doesn't kind of happen like that these days. Were you a bit disappointed at the time that those kind of labels that we mentioned didn't really kind of get behind the band as much as they perhaps could have, should have? Well, you know, I mean, I, I could beef about sort of various things about it. I mean, the, the, they didn't. All the labels that we were behind, not, hardly any of them actually got behind us. For some reason... Because we were filling halls, they thought that was enough. And we, we, we did lots of tours. I mean, in the early 70s, sellout tours, you know, absolutely sellout, but with little publicity. Mm. I mean, it was galling us. I mean, we were always complaining about it, but they seemed to think. But I don't know whether heavy heavy metal or whatever it was called, it was just, just sort of not the, the sort of thing that the chattering classes of. Of the record industry, were mm. I mean, I re remember one instance where uh, one of the labels was ploughing money into a kind of a, a very tinsely sort of band. I forget what, who it was, and their budget had, had totally gone through the roof, and so there was no publicity for us. You know, I was told that at the time. Sorry, the budget's run out. You know, but mm. I mean, we were still selling out everywhere we went, and, and the mm. albums were still selling. But I don't know. You know, I mean, I have no idea really. You know, if it, if they could have done a, a, a great deal more. Mm. It's hard to say in retrospect. It's un, it sounds a bit unfair to me because I, I always thought you were, a, you know, a great live act, you know, and I, I to be fair, I, I didn't see you until what I would call the second wave of Budgie, excuse the pun. Um, it was kind of a, like a, a new, you kind of rejuvenated when John really joined and, and there was kind of all that heavy metal kind of explosion again around the mm. early 80s mm. and you were kind of part of that weren't you with the mm. Turn to Stone album uh, the Night Flight album mm. and the the one before Power Supply was it? Mm. Yeah, yeah Power Supply and that, that and the Panzer Division destroyed mm. 4 Tracker I kind of remember and you were kind of almost like a perennial support band you said you supported Gillen I remember we, you played we at did Coles. Aussie as well yeah Aussie <laughs> Aussie Osborne wow that was the first Blizzard Oz tour wasn't it? Uh, yeah yeah so, do you, do you kind of feel that the band was rejuvenated again then? Uh, when John joined, yeah, um, yeah definitely. Uh, it it yeah. did seem uh, to when, give you a bit more of an edge. When John joined, you know, he, he he's he's such a sort of um, he's different to Tony Borge. Tony Borge is more of a uh, his, his ideas were uh, a bit more unusual, and the, the tempo of the the music changed a lot from a kind of uh, a lot of stuff with with the early budgie stuff was sort of. I don't know, a bit erratic. Mm. Shooting all over the place. And mm. I'm not quite sure what we were doing sometimes, you know. Cause we, were a bit, we, 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 didn't, we couldn't play that well, to be honest with you, when we first started, so I put it down to that, like, you know. Mm. But yeah, John, when John joined, I think we sort of, we, we'd all come together at a sort of time when we'd all, we were a bit more mature as musicians anyway. So, 
yeah, it did change. The sound changed, and uh, it was good. John, John's a great guitarist. Mm. I was listening to some stuff the other day. Um, some some tracks I've got from. He joined in 1979. There's, there's some tracks uh, from about it was 1980. The first gig I think it was like the Lyceum in London, mm. and uh, he just sounds great, you know. Mm. A great guitarist, you know. The amount of people that that talk to me. Um, I used to play Turn to Stone a lot, yeah. and the amount of people who love that track, right, yeah. and and wanted to just buy the album for that track mm. because it was kind of excuse the pun here, but it was kind of like your Freebird, wasn't it? Really? Mm. it my was Freebird, your Freebird, right? I thought you said your Freebird, your free, your free, it's my Freebird, <laughs> it's my Freebird. I know <laughs> it is. That, <laughs> it is like kind of that song, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very yeah. special song, yeah. and I think you know John's kind of whoa his performance in it yeah yeah yeah. Yes, yeah I know I know. whenever I've seen you would do that song it's John wow yeah you know? I know I know yes he's got a bit of fire in him it's John good
special guest Burke Shelley from the band Budgie. That was my choice, Burke. I hope yeah. you hope you approve of that one. One from the uh, the eighties yeah. days. Those those three albums were great in the eighties, mm. weren't they? John Thomas. Yeah. Big John Thomas. Yeah. He, his solo really kicks in that in that yeah. uh, in that song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a different kind of guitarist, though, wasn't he? For you, slightly different to what Tony did. Oh, and definitely. Dif- yeah. Different again to uh, to what Simon does, of course. Yeah, he was more. Um, He's more blues orientated, I think, in a lot of respect. He, he liked Billy Gibbon, you know, from Jeezy uh, Top. Yeah, he yeah. liked that sort of style of playing, that Southern Texas yeah. angle. But you know, he's he, he, you know, I I work with all the guitarists in their own sort of ways, really. And, mm. and uh, with John, it was great. You know, when he was around, he's a great guitarist. He was a really virtuoso. Mm. And uh, there's and again, lo- loads of tracks that we did together. You know, he just shines. You know, again, it's a it's a funny kind of thing with with your band. I mean, you had the very you know, that well-known 70s output that everybody loved. And then you kind of had a new lease of life in the 80s, didn't you, with the, the kind of... You were sort of tagged with this new wave of heavy metal. But I was going to ask you, because the, the period that John joined, there was the, the, the EP, wasn't there? Um, yeah, if swallowed, do not induce vomiting. Yes, which you got off a bottle, a domestos bottle. I did. <laughs> I remember you telling me that story before. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, yeah so <laughs> Panzer Division destroyed all those great tracks from that, and mm. then of course that led to Power Supply, which is another great album that John was on. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you did you kind of did you feel that you fitted well in that period? Yeah, um, we knew what we were doing with John. Yeah. You know, John yeah. and I knew exactly what we wanted to do. And we were more for on, like sort of on, as I said, you a four-four sort of rhythm for, for most of the tracks. We just we, we we didn't deviate too much, you know. We just sort of in your face, mm. rocking basically. Mm. But they were just tight. You know, John was a tight player as well, you know. And Steve is a, you know, mm. he's a very tight drummer. Very, um, it, it was just a. I I felt that we just changed from the early days in lots of ways, and I, I it was a lot of it's to do with John, you know, yeah. his, his style of playing, which I adapted. All the songwriting is sort of adapted to. You his, cer- certainly became his. harder musically, didn't you? Um, possibly. Yeah, a bit heavier, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know about heavier, um, but definitely a d- in a different direction and yeah. rock- rocking in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about some of the, the gigs you did because I know you did uh, supports with the likes of Gillen and Ozzy. Ozzy, Ozzy. How yeah. was that? Oh, great! Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, we. We we hadn't done a, a support for a while, like, but our manager at the time was doing uh, promoting all these gigs, you know, with Ozzy and uh, right and various other bands. Because this is when he just started with his own band, wasn't it? With yeah, Randy Rhodes and all with that. Sharon, yeah, it was. Yeah. She was like, she was on the road with him, you know, sort of yeah. uh, running the shows like for, mm. for him, and mm. yeah, it was great. He <laughs> he just cracked me up. He did. Yeah, mm. he, <clears throat> he was not as mad as people make out. I don't think you know. Oh, Ozzy, Ozzy was great. Yeah, you yeah. know, I really enjoyed it. And the thing is, you know, you can do forty-five minutes. It was brilliant to yeah. go on and do forty-five minutes. When you come off, the chip shops are still open. Yeah, yeah. you know, the night is young. You know, yeah. there's the band to watch. And, and uh, you did a fairly major big tour with Ian Gillan as well, didn't you? In the Gillan band, as as they were then. Enjoy yeah. that. How yeah, was, that was good. Yeah. Whilst we're on the subject of, of former members, we mentioned uh, John there. Um, what about the other people like Tony and Ray Phillips and Pete Boot? I mean, are you still in touch with any of them? And only Tony. All right, okay. Um, so, Tony a, lives locally, does he? Yeah, yeah he's still in Cardiff. All right, I'll be okay. seeing him soon, because okay. we do a couple of tracks together. Um, okay. Yeah, I see Tony. Ray, once in a blue moon, I 
bumping into Ray, you know. Um, yeah. um, let me ask you about the wacky song titles, because you're quite well known for having some wacky song. I mean, there's that one. There's Hot as a Docker's Armpit, mm. fairly self-explanatory. You're the biggest thing, thing since Powdered Milk, of course. Mm. That and should it, be Baby on the end there. <laughs> you're the biggest thing since Powdered Milk, Baby. Baby, I don't okay. think there's been... I don't know whether it's printed on the album, but I missed the baby. No, it's not, it's not. Oh, well, they're Wally's. <laughs> and In the Grip of a Tire Fitter's Hand. Yeah, well... They're all different. Uh, parach- uh, uh, New Disintegrating Parachute Superman is actually uh, it was a title of a, a painting. Oh, right. Which conjured up some pictures in my mind, but uh, that's where that is. Um, Hot as Dog's Armpit was a quote by Steve Marriott, I read in an interview. Ah, uh, oh, okay. So there's uh, a reason, then. It just usually, I made up uh, in the grip of a tire hand. That's one of yours, truly. Yeah. And. Um, uh, what you were talking about the one on the new album, which is called "I'm Compressing the Comb on a Cockerel's Head," which we're going to play. Yes. Well, that one is. Uh, I, I read a lot uh, newspapers and articles and things. That's what it is. It was about a cricketer who had his knee done in, you know, and he was going to pack it. He's an international cricketer. Don't All ask right. me who it is. Yeah, yeah. And his knee was packed in, and he was going to give up till somebody said, "Go to this doctor who injected his knee with the usual anti-inflammatory drugs, I suppose." But it also had this substance that they get from compressing the comb. On a cockerel's head. Oh, right. After it's dead, I presume. But um, yeah. <laughs> that's what that was. That was all my songs all about bones. You know, you're fixing your bones. You know, I, you know, because we play guitars and stuff. You know, yeah. fingers and yeah. Yeah. knees. If you want to go, if you want to go praying on your knees or, or proposing to your girlfriend, <laughs> people don't do that anymore. But it's all about bones and you know, very very important thing. Bones, especially if you're making a stew, you want a good bone to call it. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that's 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 one, what of, I, one of my favourite album <laughs> titles. Is is, a, is a, if I were Britannia, I'd rule. I'd wave the rules. Uh, yeah. Well, that's we had that off a fan from uh, some girl. Yeah, some girl in Australia sent it in. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, all I, she used to call herself Jill from Wilderness Junction. She sent me her little gifts like. Um, she also found a sort of seagull's skull on the beach, like the one off the Scork aeroplane off the Scork cover. Yeah. Like that arrived in a box, you know. Um, you know, uh, good job the postman didn't know what was in there. You know. <laughs> so, well, she she she'd written a book of poems and things, and it was in there. Oh. So, um, okay. I hope she knows somewhere that. Oh, she saw it was somewhere. She liked horses. And she liked riding my nightmare. Was it? <laughs> and black velvet stallion. Yeah, like of that, course. So.
people do like a band they've mm. stuck with us mm. for years, yeah. Does that make you proud? Um, no, not proud. I'm just very grateful that people like the music and have been that sort of um, loyal, you yeah, know. Yeah, they've been, right. you know uh, we, it's a fragile thing, really, because... You know, yeah, you know, people say you shouldn't take them for granted, and I'm not about to tell my fans I love them. Um, but I just admire them, you know, in a kind of like, you know, you, you know, you can admire somebody, not not because they admire me or something, but, yeah. but the, you know, there's like, is there kind of kindness in it, you know, if you know what I mean. So yeah, but that, I appreciate I appreciate what what you know that they they like the music, and hopefully, you know, it, it means that that they're thinking something similar to me. Or you know, you know, writing songs and playing them, you know, you have an idea. Hey, this sounds great, this bit, you know, and you write that song. And then somebody else comes up to you, sort of, after you recorded, sort of a year later, and says, I love that bit there, it sounds great. And you, you feel like saying, yes, mm. yeah, it does, doesn't it, you know? Right. That's what I thought, that's why I stuck it in there. Yeah. You know, and so, so, you know, so... But that's because... Because there's a lot of people, a lot of other people are saying, you're, you know, you're absolutely garbage, you know, so... But isn't that because rock is rock itself, the whole genre of rock, is timeless? Because, you know, the bands, for example, not just you, but all of them, have been around a long time, and people can go back and revisit them. And whether they, you know, Metallica have covered them now, or, or even whether Limp Biscuit covered them, they're going to be, they're going to continue to be around. You know, the bands that are, are the pop bands, the fickle mm. industry of today, kind of gone within 10 minutes I mean are we going to really hear of Westlife 30 years on I don't think so well I don't I, I find that the music business is very hard to sort of predict anything in the music business um, I don't take as, I take as little I always did take as little notice as, notice of it as I could but um, I think I don't know I mean quite as fascinated you think it's timeless <laughs> well, I, I think rock Cause is because I, 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 I definitely I, Rock, you think, well, I don't know, give it 100 years and people will be looking back on rock in the same way as we look back on something that went on 100 years ago from now, I suppose. But, I mean, I just think within lifetimes, within three generations, four generations, three or four generations, it can be still alive, like, you know. But, I, you know, I, I, the reason I say that is even now I can feel there's a change, you know. But the people who are still into the band, uh, you know, the, the fat loyal fans are still there. And, as I said to you earlier, there are a lot of young guys who sort of must have picked it up from... Elsewhere, like you know, mm. family, friends, or what have you, mm. and I think it, I think it'll be around for the next twenty years, thirty years. Good. Well, let's and hope so. Hopefully, I'll be there skiing along. What do you actually make of the Metallica kind of stuff that they've done of yours? They did Bread Fan, and they also did Crash Course in mm. Brain Surgery. Brain surgery. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> do you think they did a good job? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you heard it? Yeah. I'm yeah. Of course you would. You're yeah. a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Did good versions. Yeah, they used to own up with Bread Fan, apparently. Yeah, they, they, they well that we'll tour for a long time. Live set yeah. in the box. Yeah. We're in the box set, folks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But they, I mean, it, it sounds great to me. You, know. you must have made some money from that. Made some. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot. Not I a made lot. some, you know. Yeah. But well, this this last sort of six months, we've been sort of trying to sort out something. You know, um, gigging. We want to do some recording mainly. Mm. The point is. We want to do some gigs, but it's going to be pointless doing gigs without some n- new material, apart from the the, uh, the other albums I was telling you about. Mm. I feel, anyway, that yeah, we yeah. should have no, something new out. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's what I want to work on. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know when that'll be, but hopefully we'll get something out before Christmas. Uh, we'll try to get some of these other albums out before Christmas, but um, in the new year, you know, it's going to be a kind of a, a ball plan. Brilliant. A ball plan? What's a ball plan? Ballpark. A ballpark plan? Yeah. No, 
yeah, we'll have, a, we'll have something together for the new year, hopefully, you know, um, working on a new album. I was wondering about a single or something, you know. Mm. You know what I really like? EPs. Yeah. I love EPs. You know, when we did the um, If Solid Do Not Induce Vomiting. That's the one I was thinking of earlier, yeah. That was great, yeah. Yeah, got that, got that title off the side of a Domestos bottle. <laughs> Just as I was leaving to go to London to tell him the title of the album, uh, this is the EP, you know, and there he was, <laughs> under the sink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I like EPs. Yeah. Because, you know, um, especially if you want to sort of just reacquaint people with what's going on, you know, because yeah, yeah. four, four tracks, five tracks, you know. It's not going to cost a lot of money. Four tracks is easy to do. Mm. You know, um, you know, four so tracks is almost like a sampler, isn't it, for an album? Yeah. And he, you know, did an album with, you know, say three of those tracks on. Well, mm. great. the 80s uh, uh, Steve left the band uh, we went on for a bit didn't we? You know, we toddled on till about 1986 7 and just sort of futtered out basically right um, I was uh, you know towards the end of the 80s I was playing with Tichical I mean Super Clarks you know in Cardiff yeah they were quite a well known Cardiff band weren't they yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. big very big yeah. um, uh, as I said you earlier Tich died um, about two years ago in, in Housefair Wills's top guitarist, like you know, yeah. but um, yeah, that's what happened there. And then the night I got married, and I was busy trying to sort a life out with kids and what have you. And because you blame blame wasn't on my on my menu at the time. You you have been threatening to do a new album for quite some time, though, haven't you? Well, yeah, I suppose since we've been back on the road, um, it's about ninety nine we started playing again. Um, so the last eight years well yeah we have been threatening we mm. threatened last year mm. uh, and it works the mm. people believed us mm. <laughs> eventually <laughs> we threatened them with What's it uh, this year we did it um, well John you know uh, well, he had a stroke way back you know um, this is John Thomas yeah John Thomas yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a stroke and we got in uh, Andy Hart for a while he left um, and so we had to start again you know so we found um Simon. Terry and Lantrissant said, Budgie are my life. I've been a fan since 1973. Still following now. You can't yeah. kick a good man down. <laughs> now, 
Uh, truly underrated band that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for ultimate credibility and at least a classic ro- rock award. Vote Budgie now. Burke, what memories are your most favourite shows? Best shows? Um... I mean, do you have? Do you have, I have to, yeah, I have to say that in 1982, when all the trouble was on in Poland, you know, when General whatever his name was was in charge, you know, and they were trying to sort of suppress the trade union or what was it, you know, um, Gerard, um, in the Gdansk shipyards, you know, with uh, Lech Walesa. Oh yeah. Uh, we went over there and toured. Uh, I didn't really want to go at the time because we all sort of thought we'd get our heads kicked, you know, or something yeah, by the Zamo guards who were everywhere. But um, yeah, it turned out to be the best tour. We all said it, you know, we. By then, we toured everywhere by then, like virtually um, America and Canada and Europe. This is the best tour we'd ever did. It was just amazing. They were um, maybe slightly starved, you know, of, and it's still communist then because the wall hadn't come down. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's oh, we, we got a good following in Poland because we, we went over there in the Troubles. But uh, that was quite awe-inspiring, you know. To um, sort I of must admit, from my point of view, is it is it kind of odd, right? You're a kind of British person and you obviously have made you know most of your music in britain is it odd to go to somewhere like you know you think that nobody would have ever heard of you like poland and get there and play and all these people kind of singing along to british music i mean just <laughs> seems a bit of a strange concept, i think it was a it? common thing in the uh, in the communist countries you know it was the same as when we were little, well when, when some of us were young we used to hunt, sort of tuning to radio luxembourg because that's all you, the only really place yeah, only yeah, place you could yeah. really hear yeah, yeah. You know, decent music well yeah. That's all they did in the, the in the Eastern Bloc countries is secretly listen to Western music right. on the radio and yeah. tape it, you know, yeah. and hope they weren't caught, you know. So yeah. they knew about us. They, cool. knew, they all knew about us. They knew all the tracks. and uh, uh, But some of the venues are just ginormous. There's one in Krakow. It looks like a flying saucer as you're coming into the city. Like, you know, it's huge, you know. And we had all these sort of, in the middle, there's a big podium, right, you know, where all the, uh, they were members of the, of the elite communist party, you know, they were, they were sitting there in suits and what have you, we had the soldiers in the front, you know, and then the crowd, you know, they were just absolutely frothing. Uh, and, but uh, you know, they, well, by the end of the night, they, every, even the soldiers were chucking their hats up in the air and and, uh, and this podium, they were all, it was jackets off, ties off, <laughs> they're all leaping around in their chairs like, you know, um, you could see them. Yeah, um, yeah they just, and, and I said to you earlier, they, they got the same sort of fire, the, the Poles have, as, as, as the Welsh. There's <laughs> a, a sort of a madness, you know, and the Scots got it, you know, you've got a Glasgow and play there, they're all mad. Yeah. You know, and which is uh, really what you want at a rock gig, isn't it? You know, you want a bit, of, a bit of frenzy, a bit of froth, and uh, sprinkling and dandruff.
budgie classic on the GTFM Rock Show, In For The Kill from the album of the same name. Right, we've got to uh, rush through some of these questions because they're coming through thick and fast. Thank you for your email. Ian Weber in Cardiff is a regular listener. Uh, I saw Budgie a number of times. The best gig was in a cellar bar at a place called the Tolbot Hotel. Raw and heavy, but a tight sound. The original heavy metal band. Better than Sabbath, even. They are a great band. I have a few of their albums that it's a shame they never achieved more recognition. The question is, why didn't they, and did that upset you? And continuing the theme, another one here. Does it frustrate you, the band... uh, does it frustrate the band that to gain a reputation in your early days you had to tour almost non-stop nowadays with the advent of the internet you don't even need a record deal anymore and you can get in the charts or <laughs> sorry about this but, but they're all kind of related or conversely do you think the internet can help relaunch a band like for example Marillion they spring to mind mm. what they have achieved on, on the uh, with their fan base on the internet was is pretty amazing. I don't. Do you know mm. the story about this? Is it, uh, I know that they kind of got fans to fund. fund their, yeah, yeah their album, there's yeah. A, somebody else who's done that as well. Uh, yeah. Is the internet an avenue to get Budgie's profile raised again? Do you think? Um, it's yeah, a lot, uh, lot, lot, lots of talk. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, about the first bit, you know, we we were around for a long time. Um, well, in the mid, mid in the seventies, we sort of we went up and up and up and up. Um, but a lot of that was touring, wasn't it? That was, I'd say, most of it was to do with the fact the band just worked and worked and worked and worked, and uh, it was really down to that, you know, mm. and building up our, our following, our fan base. But uh, the difference now is that also is that now uh, you, you know you just explained it really. Is in those days you were under the you, you kind of under the heel of the, the major record labels who controlled everything from the finance, control what you were going to put on the album if they didn't like it, you know, or they pressurised you to put what they wanted on it, you know, or, or um, so you weren't sort of, you didn't have a free reign, not only that, the actual, once the the album was out, the publicity for an album, for, to let people know it's out, etc, etc, mm. depending on sort of who was writing and uh, and if they liked you or, or, or whatever, but now it's brilliant, you know. Mm. You can you can do what uh, you just said. You know, there's too many people have done it, haven't they? You know, yeah, you just, there's yeah. too many people have not not gigged, just simply sort of played in their be- bedrooms, yeah. camcorded themselves, and uh, built. Oh, Arctic Monkeys, the classic example yeah, of yeah. doing that. Absolutely. That, you know. Yeah. Paul Paul actually said um, before we we kind of answered the question earlier. Paul a guy called Paul said, uh, "Awesome band, new album sounds great." By the way, where can I get a copy? Uh, we would refer him to the website again, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dave on the email from Newport says, I first saw Budgie at Reading in 1982 when they headlined. You didn't actually headline, did you headline? Yeah, we headlined in 82. We did not We did it in 81, but then we, you know, when we were sort of halfway up the bill or somewhere, but then we headlined in 82, that's right. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, they were fantastic, well, still yeah. are. I've been to see them every year since I found out they were playing again in 2003. Last year I went to see them three times. It makes a change. He's, he's having a go at me here. It makes <laughs> a change. Well, nice, nicely. It makes a change for somebody on the radio to give them some airtime and respect, which is long overdue. Due. Cheers from Dave. So that's nice. Isn't yeah. It? So uh, cheers, you Dave. You know, yeah, I like to play more. I like to play more gigs in Wales. That's what I'd like to do. Oh, okay. Uh, I keep hustling and hustling. You know, and we managed to get a few on this last one, uh, this last tour, because yeah. we did uh, we did the last last gig at the Gwyn Hall in Neath before they turned into some sort of opera house or something like that you know so that was good mm. that was great mm. I just like playing well I'm Welsh I like playing unless it's where we grew up playing is around here yeah. and so yeah I'd like to do more gigs but you know we're away in we're off to Sweden soon and then we're off to Poland and mm. 
It looks like we're going to Australia sort of later. Right. And I, in between, I got to try and I want to write more stuff and record more stuff. So time is it's all a matter of time and. We get a date sheet, tend to get a date sheet, and that's, that's you know, we just go off and play. Hmm. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming into our little radio station oh. today. Thank, I, I, I know it's only you. down the road <laughs> for you, um, but it's a real pleasure to have you along. Um, no, truly a Welsh really. legend in rock. Legend, yeah. And uh, we, yes. and thank you very much for coming in and answering all these questions from, yeah, the, you're welcome. from the listeners. Yes. Yeah. i got to thank you, uh, Andy, because you've done a lot, not just for Budgie, but for a lot of rock bands. Well, know, thank you. I know you, you have. When yeah. you're in Bristol and yeah, yeah. you've been yeah. around a long time, I know you Absolutely, yeah. put your, your, your time in, you know, so thank we you. appreciate guys like you. No, thank you. Really do. And Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. Brett. So see you again, Wales. God bless you. Soon. And uh, we're going to finish with the most requested track. All right. One of your uh, other classics. Are you surprised? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not really surprised. No, no. No. Okay. Napoleon. Yeah, yeah. Napoleon. Yeah. Little git with a big hat. People love <laughs> this this track. I'm a little git with a big nose. I'm a Napoleon. <laughs> Once again, thanks very much. Oh, you're welcome. Take care.
Our tribute to Burke Shelley from Budgie. What a nice man. We heard in it, bread fan, of course, Guts. New disintegrating parachutist woman. I turned to stone. Crash course in brain surgery. In for the kill. And Napoleon Bonaparte 1 and 2. We will finish with another Budgie track at the end of the show as well. 